I mentioned in a previous episode that there's a topic that I should really dig into because there's actually a lot of excitement about it. Uh, it's an idea that's been around for since 1974, the idea of primordial black holes, black holes formed with the beginning of the universe, and they could still be drifting around across the universe. But the question is, are they there? How do we find them? And what does it mean if there are indeed these primordial black holes? All right, let's get into the episode. Black holes are already mind-bending enough. Matter and energy compressed into a region so dense that the escape velocity exceeds the speed of light. Places where time and space are tangled up so much that even if you could go faster than the speed of light, you'd still end up at the singularity. Astronomers know of two kinds of black holes in the universe, stellar mass and supermassive, and how we get them have been worked out pretty well. But there's a third class of black hole, one which has never been observed nor detected indirectly, and yet it could explain some of the mysteries of the universe, including the nature of dark matter. Primordial black holes. To get a stellar mass black hole, all you have to do is let a star with many times the mass of the sun run out of fuel in its core. The star works its way up through the table of elements, fusing atoms with more and more protons, desperately producing the energy to hold back the immense force of gravity. When the star reaches iron in its core, no energy can be extracted from the fusion process. Fusion in the core shuts off and the star implodes on itself with its outer layers falling inward at relativistic speeds. In mere moments, all of this mass is compressed into a region dense enough that nothing, not even the energy of the implosion can escape and a black hole is born. Now exactly how supermassive black holes are formed is still a bit of a mystery. These can have millions or even billions of times the mass of the sun and form the hearts of many galaxies across the universe. Maybe they're the end product of merging stellar mass black holes, which feed and merge, feed and merge their way up to billions of solar masses. Or maybe supermassive black holes can form all in one cataclysmic event as a gas cloud directly collapses into a single monster black hole without having to go through the whole star forming star destroying process first. However, it works, astronomers see both stellar and supermassive black holes across the universe, and they've worked out models supported by evidence to explain how they form. But mathematically speaking, a black hole can theoretically be any mass as long as it's compressed within a certain size. A black hole with 10 times the mass of the sun would have an event horizon about 59 kilometers across. But if you turned the sun into a black hole, which can't happen naturally, it would only measure just shy of six kilometers across. If you turn the earth into a black hole, it would measure about 18 millimeters across. And Mount Everest turned into a black hole would be about a nanometer across. Even if the math checks out, is there any theoretical way that smaller black holes are actually possible? Actually, maybe. And the idea for this goes back to 1974 with physicist Stephen Hawking. Hawking proposed that in the earliest moments of the universe, 
everything was kind of like a black hole with matter and energy compressed into an incomprehensibly dense region. Unlike the universe today, there weren't vast differences in density where matter could pull together into a single black hole. We've got a whole video where we talk about this. But by looking at the temperature differences in the cosmic microwave background radiation, we know there were regions of higher and lower density in the earliest universe. And maybe these over and under densities provided a spot where smaller, less massive black holes could form. Primordial black holes of all sizes, from little more than a few atoms squeezed together to mighty supermassive black holes that could form the seeds for the even more massive black holes that we see today. And so far, these black holes have evaded our detection because they're just floating free across the universe, drifting through space, disrupting star systems and galaxies with their gravity, and creating an enormous amount of mass that doesn't interact with regular matter except through its gravity. Does that sound familiar? Filling the universe with tiny blobs of mass which almost never interact with regular matter sounds a lot like the mystery of dark matter. While regular matter accounts for 5% of the universe, another 27% seems to be dark matter, which dominates the universe gravitationally. Astronomers still aren't sure what dark matter is, but they've mostly ruled out that it's actually gravity acting strangely at big distances, and they're leaning towards some kind of massive, non-interacting particle. But one idea that just won't go away is that dark matter is actually explained by primordial black holes. How could astronomers confirm or rule out that primordial black holes actually exist? I'll get to that in a second, but first I'd like to thank Chris Wheelwright, Zoltan Samogi, Brian Melcher, Jason Sin Photography, Don Griffiths, Joseph Lee, and the rest of our 902 patrons for their generous support. Want our videos early with no ads? Join our community at patreon.com universe today. If primordial black holes really are scattered across the universe, making up some, or maybe even all of the missing matter, how can astronomers find them? In order to fully account for dark matter, black holes would need to either be asteroid mass, a little less massive than the moon, or an intermediate mass between one and a thousand times the mass of the sun, or some of each. If a massive enough primordial black hole passed through the solar system, we'd certainly notice the gravitational effects as the planets were pulled from their orbits. So let's hope we don't get to run that observation. But astronomers have come up with several clever ideas to search for them en masse across the universe. In early 2020, an international team of astronomers attempted to search for primordial black holes acting as gravitational lenses. When a black hole passes in between us and a more distant background object, its gravity acts as a natural lens, distorting the light from the distant object. They carefully studied the light coming from the Andromeda galaxy, which is 2.5 million light years away. And they used the powerful Subaru telescope in Hawaii to take 190 consecutive images of Andromeda. And in these images, there were 90 million individual stars, each of which could have a black hole produce a lensing event from our perspective. After two years of data analysis, filtering out all the noise and non-gravitational lensing events from the data, they were only able to identify a single star that brightened and then dimmed. Only one possible primordial black hole. 
and that's not enough black holes to fully explain dark matter. Another way to search for primordial black holes is to detect when they disappear. In addition to proposing the idea that these tiny black holes exist in the first place, Hawking calculated that black holes should slowly evaporate over vast periods of time. The less mass of the black hole, the more quickly it gives off radiation and the faster it loses mass. In fact, at this point in the age of the universe, any black hole with less than 100 billion kilograms will have already evaporated. As a black hole's mass decreases, its temperature increases, and in the end, it'll disappear in a sudden flash of gamma radiation and other particles. One of these particles, for example, is the neutrino. In 2019, researchers published a paper proposing that the ice cube neutrino detector in Antarctica could theoretically detect the neutrino from an evaporating primordial black hole during the last 1000 seconds of its life. You could also detect the flash of gamma radiation. In fact, one theory is that a class of ultra short gamma ray bursts are actually explosions of primordial black holes. Space and ground based observatories could detect these explosions. Astronomers recently poured through 27 hours of observations from the high energy stereoscopic system and didn't find any events yet. Another way to search for primordial black holes is through gravitational waves. In fact, in September 2020, astronomers announced the detection of two black holes, creating a combined mass of 142 solar masses. One of the black holes going into the collision had 85 times the mass of the sun, which is a very interesting number. Exploding stars can create black holes up to 65 times the mass of the sun, and the most massive stars can generate black holes greater than 120 solar masses. But there shouldn't be any way to get an 85 solar mass black hole. So where did this black hole come from? Now, obviously, it could have been the result of a previous merger. But another intriguing idea is that it's a primordial black hole. If more of these collisions are detected, it could help astronomers constrain the number of intermediate mass black holes in the universe and figure out if they're a candidate for dark matter. Another possibility is that you could detect the gravitational waves of the primordial black holes that evaporated at the beginning of the universe before even hydrogen and helium were formed. Primordial gravitational waves caused by primordial black holes. I'm sure you've heard the theory that the mysterious planet nine could actually be a grapefruit sized primordial black hole with five to 10 times the mass of the Earth. And that would nicely explain why a huge planet in the outer solar system hasn't been discovered yet. Although it's probably the least likely answer to what planet nine is. But Dr. Avi Loeb and his collaborators have figured out a way to detect its presence. In theory, this tiny black hole will have a tiny accretion disk of gas around it from the interstellar medium that it's feasting on. This will heat up melting nearby icy objects in the Kuiper belt. So in theory, the upcoming Vera Rubin Observatory will be able to detect the flashes from icy objects getting too close to the black hole. At this point, primordial black holes are still entirely theoretical. But search the archive server for papers and you get 1525 focused on primordial black holes. And I just mentioned a fraction of them in this video. Many astronomers are seriously considering them as a candidate for dark matter, either they'll get discovered or ruled out. And I'll let you know which way it turns out. What do you think? Let me know your thoughts in the comments.
Here are the names of the patrons who support us at the $10 level and more. Want to see your name here, support the work we do? Go to patreon.com slash universe today. Once a week, I gather up all my space news into a big email newsletter and I send it out. It's got pictures, brief highlights about the story, and links so you can find out more. Go to universetoday.com slash newsletter to sign up. And did you know that all of my videos are also available in a handy audio podcast format so that you can have the latest episodes as well as special bonus material like interviews with me show up on your audio device. Go to universetoday.com slash audio or search for Universe Today on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I'll put a link in the show notes. How do we even know that regular old black holes are real? Here's a video where I talk to Dr. Paul Matt Sutter and lay out all the different lines of evidence to suggest that black holes are indeed a thing. <laughs> 